This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. This week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. We talked to former Chicago broadcaster, current Seattle broadcaster, and that wisecracking kid from the Partridge family. We welcome Danny Bonaducci. Listen to the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, OPIShows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon. Lou Costable is out for a drive, so he's taken a couple of shows off, but he'll be back shortly. We've got to give him a little time off from, from occasionally. So we've got a very special guest in the uh, remote uh, Car Guys Report uh, studio uh, today to uh, be in uh, place of Lou, and we would like to welcome Don Kreinbrink to the show. Don, thanks so much for being a guest on the Car Guys Report. Welcome. My pleasure. Uh, Don is a guy that uh, I have known. Don, we've known each other for several years through uh, car shows, and um, I've always been very impressed about uh, the kind of cars that you own, the kind of cars that you drive, uh, the stuff that you uh, buy and sell. Uh, and that's one thing we're going to be talking about with you is your experience at uh, auctions because you really like to do a lot of car auctions. But first, I just wanted to get a little bit of uh, background. Just give us a quick background of uh, your being as a car guy, you know, like how many years you've been into cars, how many years you've actually been into like collecting and, and, and trading cars and things like that. Just wanted to kind of get give our audience a little uh, background on on who you are and why you've been selected to be a guest here on the Car Guys Report. Well, you know, you as most car guys probably know, they probably started out, they can't even remember how young they were. I mean, I remember as a little kid sitting on the porch of my grandfather's house watching the cars go by. You know, in the 60s, I could name every car that went by, what year, what model. That's what I used to do, and, too, when I was a kid. And my parents yeah. would always be, you know, amazed that I could do that. Yeah, well, they lived in a city on a very busy street. So, I mean, there was plenty of cars driving by. You know, and i go, oh, I like that one, I like that one. And then, you know, like if I was lucky, they'd take me to the, uh, the uh, well, at that time it was a W.T. Grant. We'd go for the toy section and I'd be able to pick up a model or something mm-hmm. like that. And then you get started in the models and and then just one thing leads to another. And then um, as you get older, you get a little bit more money and you start getting involved with buying the real thing. It's always the money that helps to get, get things started. What was your first car that you had that you actually, not necessarily that you drove, maybe the first car that you drove when you, when you first got your license and then the first car that you actually owned outright uh, okay, the first my first car <clears throat> when I was sixteen, my grandfather had a '62 Impala Coupe. Okay, now, you know, and it was he had like eighteen thousand miles on it, and there were a couple of little rust spots on it. So I took it out and I uh, did the old work on the rust spots with my uh, drill and the orbital <laughs> uh, sander and. And I did a pretty good job on it. And then we took it to Earl Scheid for the... Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty nine ninety five or forty nine ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, you know, they 
I was warned to just take everything off that mm-hmm. I could because they, they don't mask. No, them. they spray over all the chrome or all the emblems, anything you left on, because <laughs> I've had cars painted there before, too. Well, you got your money's worth for, you know, 50 or 60 bucks oh, yeah, or whatever well, it was. Had, yeah, sure. And I had that car for like uh, three years. And uh, that was my first car. And, you know, that got me into the auto restoration. Or basically, um, my next car was a 67 Buick LeSabre that hey. my dad gave me. Okay, that, my first car was a 69 Buick LeSabre, the family hand-me-down, so pretty close yeah, there. Yeah, that's that's what this was, my dad, you know, like, get rid of the Chevy, you know, because it, it was a cool-looking car because the Buick was a four-door. Yeah. And then somebody uh, nailed one of the doors on it one a New Year's Eve night, and so I took an auto body class at the junior college, and that's how I got started in, you know, like, just another progression. In cool. It. I had no idea. See, I'm learning things, too. Like like we say when, when Lou's on the program, it's like whenever I find out something about him I didn't know, it's like peeling away the layers on an onion. So I'm <laughs> peeling the onion yeah. here in the in the studio. So keep going. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, you didn't have, I, you know, like my dad wasn't going to turn it over to the insurance company. It wasn't bad enough, and I didn't want to drive a car with a big dent in the chair. Sure. And, you know, like. The body guy at the college says, no, we're going to replace it. And he goes, I go, no, I don't have the money for the skin on that. So I, he just uh, worked me through it and massaged it out the best we could and painted it and everything like that. It was very learning, a very good learning experience. So, hmm. you know, I don't know if the junior colleges have that nowadays. Well, or there, not, there's... But, um... There are a couple, and we've had uh, uh, Scott Crane was a special guest uh, almost a year ago on the uh, program, and uh, one reason I wanted to have him on was uh, he's gone to courses uh, at McPherson College in Kansas, and they actually have a, a you can get like a bachelor's degree in yeah, yeah. automotive restoration, and he's taken a couple of like continuing education classes, but they're for like a whole week, so he actually like drives or flies out there and then stays there for a whole week, and he's done engine rebuilding and i think he's done uh preliminary body repair yeah that and, sounds like a pretty high-end course yeah it's pretty cool to what i took yeah but it's like hey it was enough to get you going and, and everything it's something that you've you know uh kept going for a long time have you ever restored a car completely or yeah my um i one of the dumbest things you can do is buy a wreck and try to restore it i bought a 75 uh corvette with the whole front clip missing yeah. from it and, you know, so luckily um, I found a front clip that was just a couple of blocks away from me. God only knows how that happened. I was at a swap meet and the guy just said, oh, I have one and found out it was just right down the block. And, of course, you know, like you tear into it and you find out that the frame is twisted, mm-hmm. so I had to fix that. And then because the engine was sitting outside, the rain got uh. in the cylinder, so I had to have the engine rebuilt. <laughs> you know, and by the time I'm done, yeah, I had a brand new core. Yeah, you're beyond uh, redemption in your, in your costs. But, yeah, I like painted that. that thing in the garage myself, and I, did, you know, I didn't do the engine rebuild. I farmed that out. But, I mean, I put the clip on. Stripped off the paint, painted it. Turned out, it really turned out good. Not, and that—that's hard to do too with a fiberglass car to get paint to look really good. You got to really know what you're doing. Yeah, well, I spent a lot of time buffing out the orange peel. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, hopefully you didn't have too many uh, stress cracks or anything in the fiberglass. Well, no, no, it didn't. It was the, the Everything was fine. That go, as far as that goes, and the uh, it, it was it, it had a very good fiberglass body on it, so that wasn't a problem. And uh, that's, you know, just that's where you get started. And you, you think you would learn, but you don't. And I, I've gone down that 
Money Pit Road that many, path, many, yeah. many times. How did you get into foreign cars? Because I know you primarily as a as kind of an import, quirky import kind of guy. I know that you've had Corvettes uh, in the time that I've known you, but I don't think I've ever seen you drive a, a outright American car other than a Corvette. You have a lot of uh, imports. When did, yeah. when or if did well, you make a transition that way? You know, because, you know, like you go to a car show and everybody's got a Camaro, everybody's got a Corvette, and they're just so common. And I just love anything on four wheels mm-hmm. or two wheels or even sometimes three, three. wheels. You know, it's just like, <laughs> You know, it's just like, okay, and I want to I wanna experience the car. I buy a car to experience it to see, you know, what it's like. And everybody, you know, like most people have been in a Camaro or a Firebird or uh, a Mustang, you know, and uh, Corvettes even. And you, you know what you're getting. And, you know, like if I pick up a, the 47 Crossley pickup, nobody's ever had one of them. Nobody's even seen one. And when you go to a car show, you know, it's kind of cool because even the little kids just light up when they see something like that. Yeah, because they recognize uh, it as being something different that they haven't seen before, especially at Crosley because it's so diminutive in size. It's like a kid's car, you know? Yeah, and it's got a little mustache and a face and a smiley (laughs) thing on it, a little button nose. You know, it's like, come on. You know, know, or even like when I had my prowler, I had the big orange flames on Mm -hmm. the side on it, you know. The kids just come up and love it, you know, and it's always a talking point. And I don't know if it's if I'm trying to be a showman out there at the car. No, show. I think you're very, you know, in in my experience with you at car shows, you're you're always very talkative. You like to talk to other people about their cars, and you ask them questions. Obviously, you'll answer questions of your car, but you're not trying to show off in any way, which I like. Because yeah. there's some people that obviously go there when they put all their stupid trophies under the hood or in the back seat. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Do I really have to know that you won 30 trophies for your car? You know, I wouldn't oh, vote yeah, for you then. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, and I don't have the little crying kid in the front sending over the front <laughs> oh, oh, I hate those, yeah. <laughs> oh. But uh, you mentioned two cars we'll be talking about a little bit later in the program, the Crosley and the Prowler. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the current Don Kreinbrink car stable, as I put it uh, on our outline here. What, what cars do you currently have in your possession? Okay, I, this is all over the place. And it's a great list, yeah. It's, it's going to look like a German German car fest here because I got a 59 Beetle. Which is awesome. I got the 87 928S. I've got a 2011 911S, an 80 911SC. Mm-hmm. And the wife's got the, the old uh, 07 CLK, which is really a nice beamer. She's got a, a 380SL. And uh, then now I've also got the, now we got to go to the oddballs. they got the 47 Crossley and uh, Citroen Ducheveau. 2CV, as people know yeah, it as well. CV, yeah, yeah. And, and a all, Jaguar, right? Yeah, and then an E-Type Jag. Wow. And that's it. Is that it right now? Oh, yeah. I forgot the wife's also got a Mini S. The Mini, yeah. And then you still have a Honda Pass, uh, Honda uh Oh yeah, we got that. The and then, passport, and then, and then, right? Of course, and then of course you got to have an F one fifty. Yeah, and then you have it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> any car guy like that's as into it as you are needs a needs a hauling truck for engines, transmissions, parts, whatever. To oh, uh, I, say, I also got five trailers too. <laughs> wow, <laughs> and and you sold your boat, right? So you don't have any boats right now. Um, yeah, that's gone. Thank God. 
<laughs> yes. So you're you're just concentrating on on automobiles right now, which I think is a good thing, and no and no light aircraft or or uh, helicopters. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. The white won't let me get an airplane. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good thing. If you like what you're hearing on the Car Guys Report, you were available pretty much all over the place. You can uh, check us out online at radiomisfits.com. You can check us out on Spotify. Just go to opishows.com. All you have to do is search opi o p p i h, and you can also go to Amazon Music Podcasts, Amazon Audible. You can search Opi there and you'll get all the Radio Misfits podcasts that are available uh, for download. And uh, just remember, too, that you can keep in touch with the Car Guys Report, too. You can email us at any time with your comments, your suggestions, your uh, kudos, your complaints, anything you want. We're available 24-7. Our inbox is always open. Report at Hotmail.com. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, along with special guest Don Kreinbrink. We're having a great conversation about uh, Don's uh, collecting passion with cars and also wanted to swing into the whole auction thing, Don, because um, you've been kind enough to uh, get me passes to uh, the local Meekum auction uh, once a year, which I enjoy going to just for the kind of spectacle of everything. And when we were getting ready to... uh, uh, get this uh, session planned. You had mentioned that you have bought and or sold over thirty cars at auction, which is pretty incredible. And I think that gives you some some pretty good street cred as far as uh, you know what to look for and how auctions work and everything like that. So how wh- how or why did you get uh, decide to get involved in buying cars and selling cars at auctions? How did that happen? Uh, well. <laughs> It started out when uh, Mecham was here locally in the St. Charles area where we're at, and uh, I went to the show, bought a, bought a bidder's paddle, and, of course, uh, I think the first car we bought was that MGTD. The wife said it was cute, and when the wife said something's cute, you know, it's kind of like a go-ahead, you know, and so we ended up with an MG, a 53 MGTD. And, and so, then from there on, I was just hooked. And I how mean, many years ago was that? Oh God! It's got to be like I don't know when were they here. They it was like maybe ten years ago. Really? Okay, so you've been doing it that long because I know that you hit pretty much. I know you go to Meekum and you go to Barrett Jackson, which are two of the you know the heavy hitters. You have a ton of auction uh, outlets. You have a lot of stuff online these days, but then you have a lot of smaller auction outfits that operate. Um, in the U.S. and, of course, around the world. The, the worldwide ones are the, the fancy ones like Sotheby's and, and things like that. But the two biggies here, at least in the States, are Meekum and uh, Barrett-Jackson. And I know that you have you've, you go to Barrett-Jackson quite often, too. Um, so yeah, there's you, also also in Indiana that, that's, well, it's, it, I went to the auction. I got my Jaguar at auctions. America, okay. And that was in Auburn. Now it's Sotheby's. They bought them out. Okay. That was just an awesome auction there because they have two lines going through at once. Wow. You know, you try to figure out, you know, there's two great cars. Which one do I want to look at, even though you're not going to be bidding on them, you know, and they're both going at it. And plus they have acres and acres and acres of swap meet stuff going on, plus just tons of other things. And then they usually have it in conjunction with the Auburn Cord. Duesenberg gatherings and oh my god what a it's just a giant yeah yeah that's one one reason I like going to the 
at least to, to the Meekum auction. I've always wanted to go to Bear Jackson, which I will eventually, uh, because it's just like a giant car show. You get to see all the cars that are coming through um, on auction. You get to touch them, feel them, sit in them, you know, because anyone's a potential bidder, basically, or you could be the agent for a bidder. So if anyone would ask you, you know, what, what do you sit in that Cadillac for? Well, I'm the agent to a guy that's going to be bidding here, and I'm checking it out for him. How do you decide? Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you decide yeah. what to buy at auction? How does that work? Um, for you, at least. Well, the thing is, I, I usually go through and I see a car that I like. Now, there's the Meekum in Dallas has got a 356 uh, Porsche that I just love to get my hands on. And if that was in Chicago, where I'm at now, you know, like I go and, of course, it's going to be go way beyond what I wanted to pay mm-hmm. for it. So I, so I still got a bidder's title, and I got some money in the bank, and I'm going like, hmm, <laughs> what else is going to? And then, I'll, and then you know, it's like if the wife says something's cool or cute, I'll end up buying it because, yeah, you usually, you know, it is interesting, and it would be kind of neat to get. Um, and then a lot of times I'll make a mistake and just buy something stupid because it's cheap. Cheap. Yeah. <laughs> And I've done that. I've done that so many times. And I'll drag it home and I'll drive it around and then it right back to the auction and I'll sell it again. That's one thing I was going to say. I've seen you do that. So I know what you're talking about. And do you just wonder, like, why the hell did I buy this? And you're not worried about losing money or you're not trying to make money, well, obviously, on this well, stuff. Well, a lot of times, you know, you, you break even, you can even make money out yeah. of it. That's like, you know, like... Um, Several of the cars I I bought, uh, well, my wife had one, the Mercedes that she bought, we dragged it home, and it just turned out to be a total turd. Yeah. And uh, we ended up taking it back the next year, and, uh, God, she made a couple thousand dollars wow. on it. Just, I mean, without doing nothing. I think it's just basically, yeah. The There's just the, the who's in the audience that particular day, and if something strikes their fancy, you just never know how it's going to work out. And if you can break even, basically, over the long run, I think that that's all you can ask for, really, which is fine, because then you've really made no money, you've, you've lost no money, but you've had the experience of having whatever car that is, and then you can move on from there. Do you decide on a budget before you go to an auction, or like you said, you have some money in the yeah, bank? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the the Jaguar, I went down to Auburn, and I bought that one knowing I wanted to buy that okay. Jaguar. And so I knew how much that was going to be. But otherwise, I don't like to personally, you know, like, I'm not into it, into the super high-end collectible. Mm-hmm. I buy, I, I like to get a car for under $20,000 and enjoy it. Sometimes they go over more, you know. Sometimes you see a car like I bought this 57 Tiber that was a little bit more, you know. And, of course, you know, I bought... Well, I bought a 2001-911 that was a little bit more but back in the day. But for the most part, you know, it's I'll see a car that I wasn't looking at necessarily. I saw it go through the, you know, saw it in the parking lot. I saw it in the line driving up to this thing. And, I mean, it, it, it would be a car that I always had an interest in. Um, and then it's up there and it goes cheap. I buy it, you know, like I saw a 90 Alpha Spider Veloce go through it. It's just gorgeous black, you know, and the tan interior. I just had to have it. Well, the price was right. I bought it, and, you know, and of course it had a bad transmission. <laughs> mm. The 90s aren't that good anyway, though, because they have that, that different rear end on them. Then they have this really being tall, but maybe it didn't bother you, but for me, because I've been in one before, it's got those inside, it's got like a lower parcel shelf kind of on the dashboard that's 
lower below the dashboard kind of and kind of sticks well, out. Well, the shifter sits kind of. Funny well, the shifter is great. There. I think that's awesome. It just sprouts right yeah. out of the center console. But um, yeah, and the '90s had power steering on them, which was sacrilegious, I think, for the <laughs> for the <laughs> for the dyed in the wool Alpha Spider fans, you know, because I owned one for 17 years. I only had an '87. So, but. Um, so do you check out a lot of the stuff online before you actually go to the auction to kind of cherry pick what you're, what you're going to look at and, and well, you know, see it in person well, and then decide well, yeah, if you're going to bid course, on it? Yeah, yeah, I do that. You know, I walk through the lot. You know, and like I said, I'll, I'll spend a lot of time, you know, when they come up in the, while the car is driving up because they'll usually have a, them lined up and yeah. people will be driving the car. Got to check to make sure that the check engine light's not on. And, you know, the airbag lights not illuminated. That's so, one thing you know, I was going to ask you. I mean, do you feel weird that you're really not able to test drive the car? Like, how do you know the brakes are good? Yeah, how do you know it doesn't that, pull that, to one side? That, or Right, and that's the worst. And then I've, that's like, I've gotten so many bad cars and that had issues that just like you say, there'd be an issue with the steering or with the transmission that you really can't tell while yeah, it's driving up. Exactly. And don't forget, the, a lot of them were in the cheaper cars. You know, like when I paid like uh, $6,000 for that Spider, you know, and I turned around and I sold it the next year. I got my money back out of it. So it was no big deal. I mean, I could have sunk a bunch of money into fixing it, but I really wasn't interested. I drove it around the way it was, had some fun with it. Did it have bad synchros in it? Because that was the big issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a a 90. It was a 90 spreader. But they had issues all the time. I mean, the the famous thing with the Alpha manuals was the second gear synchro would be a weak, but that's not, you know, you could still drive the car. Um, and then when you went, went back through, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but when you would take a car like that, that had issues, do you disclose those issues at auction or not? Nobody disclosed it. They don't. Sorry, but nobody disclosed it to me. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm curious. I I don't know how they, cause I've never, I don't have the guts to buy something at auction. So, you know, you're, you're, that's, that's the thing is like, if you can get a hold of the buyer, which is very rare at these auctions, you can never find them. I mean, even if there's a reserve, you know, like they're never up there by the bidder stand to to to, to uh, lower the reserve or anything yeah. like that. You can never find the buyers, and uh, so that's always an issue. And the 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 problem is, is you really don't know what you're getting. So it's buyer beware. Yeah. It's not like I mean, you can contact uh, Meekum. Meekum is really good. They'll they'll you call them up if you're interested in a car, and they'll try to answer as many questions as they can. But then again, you know, it's as much information as the seller wants to. Sure. Yeah. They them. they they can't sit there and, and peruse every car and test drive every car that they get in. Right. So I mean, and the thing is, it's 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 not like bring a trailer. I mean, to me, that's the ultimate in auction. You've got disclosure. You see the car. Yeah. You get the full disclosure. You get these experts just going over the car, nitpicking them. You know, it's got the wrong bolt on the band belt. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, you know, it's like, yeah. come on. You know, and so you really, it's, you know, and you get a full disclosure about the uh, owner history. And if you, you know, like if you go online, Barrett, Barrett Jackson or Meekum, you look at the car and the descriptions are so vague. The pictures are minimal. But, I don't know. I just, when I go to these auctions, I see something. I like it. You know, I wanted to try one of those cars sure. or I wanted to have one. Yeah. 
I always thought they were cool, and uh, I pulled the trigger. Do you uh, prefer to buy a car that's got no reserve on it, or do you just start bidding? And then also, too, when you sell at auction, do you put a reserve on stuff? Oh, I, to, <laughs> I, I don't put a reserve on it because I, I don't want to drag the thing home again. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I've bought in the cars with the reserves, but in fact, the first car we bought that MGTD had a reserve on it, didn't meet the reserve. So what happened was uh, we contacted the guy afterward and worked the deal out, got, a, got him to drop his reserve a little bit for us, and we ended up with the car. And uh, That's something a lot of people don't know is that, and, and Mecham does it, they, they have a thing called the bid goes on, where if a car has a reserve and it doesn't sell, you basically go over and cut a deal with the with the with the seller and you can get a car that way but then like you said too if something doesn't sell uh you can seek out the buyer and try to make a deal you know outside of the auction i guess and yeah i mean i don't think yeah, that's we, dishonest or anything because it didn't sell so he's not obligated to the auction company anymore so we, every once in a while you can find a seller my wife when she bought her clk um she actually talked to the woman who owned it and the woman was the wife of the dealer and the car was low mileage and you know she told she you know she told my wife about everything on the car and boom you know what you're getting yeah and that car turned out to be a prince we still got it i mean it's just a beautiful car to drive so um uh, you, you ever know, been every in once a... in a while you get lucky sure have you ever been in a bidding war like where it's you and one other person and you're you're getting caught up in the excitement and and yes, uh of course and the thing is, it seems like they never drop the hammer. It's like you're ahead, and it's like they drag it out, and it's some asshole who throws a bid out of nowhere on you. And then there's also a problem, you know, like we were at Garrett Jackson in uh, Las Vegas. I don't mean to disparage them, but I'm, I was bidding on the uh, the Willie's Jeepster, and I was out at like $18,000, and then all of a sudden – the the car is going like twenty three, twenty four thousand, and I, you know, I'm out. And yeah. All of a sudden, the guy goes, "You're in," Ugh. and I go, "How did I get back?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "He was," and the whole time they're looking at you, trying for you to go for twenty five. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. And I'm going like, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, what is this some kind of scam, or did they just did they just lose track of where they were at? Didn't you say that you were actually in the most recent Barrett Jackson uh, at the beginning of twenty twenty? Um, you were in a bidding war with a, uh, was it an Austin, um, or a mini, uh, clubman or something like that? And you were actually on TV for, <laughs> for your 15 seconds oh, no, of fame. No, 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 I don't think so. I thought you were in a, you said you were in a bidding war and I can't, I thought it was like on a mini clubman station wagon or something like that. No, I can't, no. I could have sworn you said that. It wasn't that. me. Wasn't no. you. Okay. No, I, I could have I sworn you said that. Well, my wife was bidding on a car, well, a long time ago. She was bidding on this little uh, Morris, uh, it was a uh, roadster, it was oh. a speedster, it was a custom car, and my wife was bidding on it, and the, the auctioneer, you know, blast over that, you know, because we're sitting in the front row, too, and he goes, he's looking, the auctioneer is looking right at my wife, and he goes, come on, come on, and she, so she bids. And then he looks at the guy that's bidding against her, and he's, like, hesitant. And he goes, are you going to let this woman beat you? <laughs> wow. And that, yeah, I know your wife. That wouldn't sit well with her. <laughs> yeah, well, so anyway, we, we ended up with that thing, too. So. 
you know, and it's like they pride you along pretty good. Oh, sure. Well, that's because they want to sell cars. They want to have a high sell-through rate, and that that's what keeps them in business. Have you? Uh, what would be a memorable auction story that you could share with us here on the Car Guys Report? Uh, good, bad, and different. Um, any oh, kind God, of thing that that sticks out. Well, I don't know. I got a picture of Wayne Carini looking at my uh, Crawley. You know, I asked him. I didn't want to say I was going to bid on it. And I, I just asked him, how does this thing look? He goes, oh, it's really nice. And I go, like, okay, uh, <laughs> hope you're not bidding on it because then I'll go lose. But, uh, you know, uh, there's, uh, there's just so many different things that go on at these auctions. And uh, it's, it's, it's just a mile a minute, and there's just so many different stories that could go on as far as the good, the bad, the ugly, uh that I could just go on forever. Uh, do you um, do any of the online auctions? Because we talk about bring a trailer. Hemmings.com is doing online <laughs> auctions now as well. Um, and then eBay, of course, is eBay Motors. Do you participate in any of those, or do you prefer All to right. do the live stuff? Funny you should mention, I've been on two cars today already on uh, <laughs> bring a trailer. Okay. And now get this now. Tell me, is there a difference between these two cars? The one was a three fifty a Porsche, a 60, uh, 65 uh, Porsche 356. And the other one was a Ferrari uh, 360. Okay, now, is there a, not much similarity between the two no. there? But, I mean, they're both cool cars. Oh, yeah. You know, like, of course, you know, I was more serious about the 356, but uh, the uh, the the... The 360 actually went for like uh, under seventy thousand dollars. Okay, which I thought was a pretty good deal. Yeah, and uh, the, both of them were way out on the west coast, so I didn't want to drag them home either. So yeah, that's one thing but, that that you have to take into consideration too, especially when you're at Barrett Jackson, is getting stuff. Yeah, so you back. know what? The, but yeah, on eBay, let's see, I've bought. Let's see, I've gotten on eBay. I've bought an MGA, an MTPD, a Spitfire. I bought my 911 SC on there. Oh, you did? Cool. Yeah, I didn't know and that. And then, uh, yeah, and then let's see. I I I sold like the uh, T. I sold a couple of. I sold a TD there. Uh, I sold the MGB on eBay. I sold the Spitfire on eBay. So I've been selling them on eBay too. Wow. And uh, it's I, you know, I, I the thing is, you put a car on eBay and somebody wins and they don't pay. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, they're not vetted as well, perhaps because I know bring a trailer. They'll even pull auctions sometimes, too, for whatever reason, um, yeah. because they find out that something has been misrepresented or something like that. We talk about Bring a Trailer a lot on the uh, Car Guys Report um, because it's just a, I always say it's a great starting point, them and Hemmings, if you're just even wanting to find out what a specific uh collector car or special interest car is worth what they're selling for um and also too it's a, a bring a trailer is awesome because they have the the uh listing of cars that sold but in there they also have like cars that didn't sell they had a reserve and it says bid up to xxx and that to right. me kind of says okay well the marketplace has spoken and they think at least at that particular time they only think that car is worth that much and I think it's a good way to kind of gauge value on a lot of different uh, different cars. And right. And then if you – I subscribe. Well, I have my cars insured, but some of them through – oh, I got them all through uh, Hemmings, and I belong to that Hemmings club. And they send you – I don't know if I have to pay for it. I probably do. There's uh, booklets every quarter. 
with a value guide on okay. it. And I always take them to the auction too. You know, it's, it's, it's fits in your pocket. It's a great thing to have if you're at the auction and you see something that you really didn't think about buying. And then it all of a sudden it crosses the line and go, Oh, that's, that's a pretty car. Mm-hmm. It's like, how much is it worth? And then you look it up real quick and, did you, I think you said. Yet. I think you said Hemmings. Did you mean Haggerty? Haggerty. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought. Yes. I didn't think Hemmings was into the classic car no, uh, insurance yeah, business no, yet. I meant Haggerty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. I just want to, you know, just so people listening don't think you're a complete whack job. So. Other than uh, auctions, Don, do you like to uh, do you buy or sell any other ways? Because I'm kind of a big consignment guy these days as far as selling. I love buying cars. I just don't like the, the selling aspect of it. Do you ever do private sales? Do you ever do consignments, no. dealer no. sales or anything? I've never done that. I mean, back in the, you know, back before the Internet times. Yeah, sure. You know, you had the trading times and all that. Oh, stuff, yeah. You know. Yeah, well, there's always Craigslist. I always browse through Craigslist because you know you hear that you hear these guys. They tell you about their uh, car that they bought, you know, and it sounded like such a good deal, and they found it on Craigslist. Yeah, I never seem to find these bargains for some reason. But. I've I've found one auto part uh, once on Craigslist, and it just was by happenstance because I was searching, doing a, a Google search for um, the spare tire carrier for my '51 uh, Chevy pickup. And I had a link that just, you know, came up for a Craigslist Craigslist listing, and I actually ended up buying it from the guy. So that actually worked out really well. But as far as as searching Craigslist on a regular basis, I don't do it at all. I'll look at Bring a Trailer about once a month uh, just to see what's there. I look at Hemmings on probably a weekly basis to see what's on there. I don't look at eBay Motors, uh, really. And then, you know, when the big... Uh, auctions roll around i like to you know try to maybe peruse their sites just to see what what is up for sale uh auction wise but um do you have well those black those those wheels i got for your four that you have on your 4s i got on craigslist <laughs> oh you did okay i didn't know that yeah, that's a craigslist fine <laughs> cool and it's a carrera four by the way not an s so but Oh, four. Yeah. yeah. Okay, four. Because <laughs> you have the yeah. Carrera S, and I have the Carrera 4. But, yeah, yeah. And those wheels wouldn't fit on mine because yours is wider. Yeah, so that's back, yeah. That's, yeah, the story is, ladies and gentlemen, just so you're up to speed here so we don't <laughs> start talking about all this stuff that people listening to the podcast don't know about. Don sold me a set of uh, Victor uh, black alloy wheels uh, for my uh, Porsche because he, he got them. Uh, they came, didn't they come on the car when you bought it? On your no, or mine, they were just, mine were stone. The wheels that I had were stone chips, so I figured I'd just replace them. Okay, and then you but, didn't uh, end up liking them on on your 2011. Well, they stuck out too far. Yeah, they the 2011 Carrera Carrera S, and then the Carrera Four has the turbo hips on it, the wider rear end, so that's why they they fit better on my car, and they look great. I've had them for almost two years, and I'm I'm glad that we were able to. Uh, to have done that deal. Do you already have a, a list of the cars you're going to be sending back through auction um, in the next six months or a year, or whenever it's going to no, be, or you haven't I decided? <laughs> I, I really don't know. Probably I'm, pro- I'm going to definitely get, sell the uh, Crossley. Really? The okay. We're going to talk just, about that a little bit later, but yeah. yeah, it's just too perfect for me to keep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a nut and bolt restoration. That's, meant right now and i just can't enjoy it i i need something that has a few miles and and a few dings in it so that i think your stuff always looks great though i mean your jaguar looks amazing 
Yeah, that's a driver too. So. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll be talking about that in a little bit too. But um, you know, it's just fascinating to uh, learn a little bit more about the auction experience because I know that you really get into it. And um, you know, I like I said, I I could see maybe buying a car. I know I, earlier I said that I don't have the guts to, to buy something at auction. I wouldn't actually mind buying something. I just don't have the the guts to sell something because I just think that. I just have this feeling that I'd get screwed, that somebody would get too good of a deal because I'd be afraid that there wouldn't be, you know, the right buyer in the audience or anything like that. Obviously, you don't really worry about that, but that that's my hesitation with a, with an auction. And then you say, well, just put a reserve on it. And I guess that would work, but... Well, but I did have... Well, I should have had a reserve on my uh, 01 Corvette that I sent through because somebody messed with it in the parking lot. They drained the battery... And uh, the car is driving perfect when I took it in there, took it to the Mecham, and somebody drained the battery, had the accessories on, and for some reason, it screwed up the computer, and the car just wouldn't start to oh, okay. push it across the line. Yeah. So if I had a reserve on that, I wouldn't have lost so much money, but I took a bite on that one. You know, I guess that's one of those stories, you know, one of those horror stories from the auction. Yeah. But, you know... These people, they mess with the keys. In fact, they used to take the keys out of the uh, cars, some of the cars like the Mercedes, because the people would steal the key fobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, people, people, a lot of people just show up and they just totally disrespect what you have there sometimes. Yeah, you have to kind of, you know, I mean, I've never seen anyone really messing with stuff, but I, I could see even like at a Barrett-Jackson, it's, it's so big and there's just so many people there that how do you really keep track of everything unless you're just oh, yeah, hanging out by your car all day? Yeah. <laughs> you never know what uh, yeah. what goes on behind the scenes, but um, certainly, um, you know, um, very interesting about uh, your auction experiences and that I'm glad that you haven't, you know, had a bad enough experience that you've been soured on or anything. You really actually kind of seem to, to get into the whole experience. And, and it's neat that you have your wife doing buy-in too, because that helps you buy the stuff that you want. If you're buying, uh, you know, a car that she likes or she can buy, you know, a car that she likes every now and then too. So I guess it yeah. keeps everybody happy, right? Well, and like I said, like uh, most of the cars that we buy are pretty, are like under twenty thousand yeah. dollars. So I mean, even if they fail across the line, you're not losing a whole lot of money on it. What um, was the idea behind that goofy mail truck that you bought? Now that was probably the, uh, the wackiest was, that, car you ever was, bought. <laughs> that was my wife's idea. She has <laughs> she's in the antique business, right? So she was going to have that rat rotted out okay. and put all kinds of antiquing decals on it and take it to the uh, shows to the, to the different shows. Yeah the flea markets and she was going to sell out the back of it well the thing is that that wasn't going to happen (laughs) but it was an honest to god x-mail truck wasn't it yeah it was and the guy dropped a small black chevy in it and it sounded mean and uh the thing is it just needed so much work and you know it's not like on television where you know a half hour after you drive the car in you drive out with something spectacular um and the thing is it just it was just way more work than we could comprehend. And so I just, we took it back and again, probably broke even. She probably made money on that one. She's always lucky on the cars that she buys. I mean, she buys stuff and she ends up making money on them where I end up losing. Yeah. As I remember too, that was the, the first car that went through auction. 
at Mecham a couple of years ago. So that was that was kind of neat. But a crazy you had the uh, skeleton uh, <laughs> yeah, <the laughs> inside driving it. Driving it. it. Yeah, <laughs> that was a classic. We're talking with Don Kreinbrink here today on the Car Guys Report. If you like what you're listening to, be sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like the show Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. It's an OPI show. Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern often dwell into lesser-known details of well-known celebrities or examinations into celebrities that aren't as well-known. That's a little confusing, but I think you'll understand it once you listen. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts like uh, Amazon Music Podcasts, Amazon Audible. All you have to do is search for Opie, O-P-P-I-H, or search for Radio Misfits. And when you do, that's what uh, you'll find us, too. The Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, Mark Vernon, uh, along with Don Kreinbrink. We're having a great conversation. We just finished up talking about Don's uh, extensive uh, experience at auctions. And I wanted to take a, a little bit of time on the program, Don, to talk about some of the current cars that you have. We've touched uh, briefly on them since the top of the program. But you do have a, a Citroen a Chevaux, as you say, or the 2CV. And what year is that car? Is it a, like a 70-something? It's a 78, yeah. 78. And you had a great story this past summer where you were uh, uh, out cruising in the car, then you had a little bit of an engine problem, and you had to end up getting a whole new engine. So just tell us briefly uh, what happened and uh, how you went about to uh, fixing it. Well, it was just just one of those things where I'm driving up a hill and lost power slowly but surely, and then eventually just the front wheel skidded to a stop and the engine seized up. And, uh, well, what happened was there was the oil light was missing, was not connected to okay. the engine. So I, and what happened was there was a, uh, a blow by pipe on the engine that was disconnected and would blew out all the oil somehow. So anyway, needless to say, the engine's gone. So on this car, I get my little uh, repair book out and I get to get online and I find a, uh, Citroen guy who uh, will sell me an engine. It's got to come from the Netherlands. I believe it was the wow. Netherlands. Anyway, so, you know, you think, okay, God, I was going to come from Europe. It's going to cost a fortune. So it it was the whole engine delivered was like $2,300. Okay. Now, <laughs> that's pretty cheap, you know, considering, I guess. Well, didn't it's, it come like FedEx, too, or something like in a box? Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> get this now. So... I'm, I wondered how it was going to ship. The guy goes, here's your tracking number. It's a Federal Express. <laughs> That's hilarious. the front door. I love it's it. In his small, it's in his box. And the wife goes, there's a big, heavy box. What's going on? That's the engine okay, for the 2CV. Yeah, so it's like, okay, you know, like, it can't be that bad if the FedEx guy dropped it off. Yeah. So I pick it up. I just threw it in the back of my pickup, took it over, you know, to the other house that, where we have the, where it was sitting in the garage. Yeah. And, uh, Basically, um, the best part was, you know, like I took out the old one, didn't need one of those agent hoists. I just did it with pure back muscle. Yeah, Armstrong. And I'm not the, yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, you know, like you got to take off the whole front end of the car practically, but no big deal. And I just wrestled the the new engine back in, put it in, (laughs) fired it up, and 
you know, it's it was just one of the weirdest things. It's only a two cylinder six hundred cc engine. Yeah, it's what like twenty five horsepower or something. Or yeah, yeah. So it's real small, and basically, it's 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 a uh, it's it's an opposed engine. So it's it's really compact. And uh, has it been running? Because I think the last time I talked to you about that, you were in the process of getting the engine no, yeah, in. No, yeah, yeah. I drove it around a little bit. I just it's I don't know. It, it's just been so busy. I haven't had a chance, and there's no car show, so it's no fun to drive yeah. around. I, I mean, I drive it around locally every once in a while, and you know, put down that little top and uh, and drive around, and you get a lot of thumbs up with. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, because yeah, they're they're always they're funky cars, and I, I think one thing you'd be very impressed by, or I'm sure you've noticed, is the ride quality, especially for a small car. It it you know the the, the French cars just have. They do they do suspensions with tons of travel in them, and they just. I remember when I had my Renault Lacar. I had a 1982 Renault Lacar, and that thing had an awesome ride too. And I remember there was a, a period uh, review somewhere that said it has a ride that's pillowy suppleness. <laughs> it's like you know you're not that far off by that, and I think the, you've probably experienced that a little bit maybe in the uh, in the two CV. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's geared pretty low. So I mean, it's amazing. It has pretty good pickup. I mean, it it'll spin the tires. You yeah. know, and uh, you know, and uh, you, you know, going up a hill, you get a downshift. <laughs> but you know, it's but it's it's a fun little car. It's it's by no means a show car. I mean, it's got little imperfections all over the place, you know. But it, it's it's good and it's it's a good ten footer. And and you added your own little touch of uh, Don Kreinbrink Lalique <laughs> to the gear shift well, knob, you know, where you got an old. Right, since the old his wife's in the antique business, like they're gonna hold one of those old glass door knobs and swapped out the sh- the plastic round <laughs> shift knob. And doesn't it have a weird shift pattern or something on those cars? Oh yeah, I'm trying to remember. There's now. something yeah, weird about it. I I don't know because we talked earlier about the Alphas the, the, gear shift real, lever. And, it's 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 yeah, it's kind of it's different. I think it's it's uh, dog leg up on the reverse or okay. something like that. It's it's. I, I can't remember exactly. I mean, it's it's been a while since I drove the car, and every car you have has got a different. Oh, I know pattern. exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm like that too. With some of my cars, like, wait a minute, I got to remember, you know, what to do to you know get it started or or how to adjust something in the car or whatever. But um, how about your Jaguar? What year is your Jaguar? Is it '69? 69. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an E-type uh, convertible. Yeah. It's the six-cylinder, right. right? So it's a 3.8 liter. A 4.2. Oh, 4.2. Okay. And this car you've had for a while. I know you had it repainted last year. I didn't even think it needed a repaint, but you had it repainted last year. Same color. It's, it's brilliant red. I think the car looks absolutely beautiful, but it seems like every time... Uh, you're talking about that car. There's always something that went wrong. There was some. You had an issue with the where somebody jacked it up, and it, and the the wind, uh, windshield uh, frame got well, screwed up. Or okay. well, the, the, well, the thing is, well, the car. It's, it, it, first of all, I bought that car. That was the one I bought in Indiana at the uh, auctions, America. Yeah. And the car was it was in storage for ten years in an estate. So basically, every time I drove it, a hose would explode. You know, whether it be the fuel line or, or not the fuel line, but the uh, brake lines, I had to replace them. Yeah. All the hoses inside, which are a million of them, which some of them are real knuckle busters. And so I did all that. And then, let's see, I was, um, yeah, I was uh, 
putting the car up on the lift in their garage. We got a lift. And I heard this nasty crunch, Ugh. and then I looked. The garage door opener was uh, smashed up against the front windshield. <laughs> oh. So, you know, like this is, this is my life story. I've got so many, so many screw-up stories. And then, so, okay, no problem. I take it to get it fixed at, over in North Lake, uh, north of Chicago here. And uh, had a new windshield put in. And, of course, you know, like I had them replace a bunch of the chrome strips because the windshield's out and, some of them were a little bit pitted, and sure. why not? Yeah, you know? exactly. So I get the car back. I'm driving home, or I, I, I put it on a trailer. I trailered it over there, one of those U-Haul trailers. Mm-hmm. When I'm pulling it off the trailer, my wife's standing in the garage, and she's looking at me like something's going to go wrong here. Oh. And sure enough, <laughs> I'm pulling it off the trailer. I mean, it just got out of the shop, and the front left fender, the front left wheel, comes off the ramp yeah. and the smashes up against the bottom of the Ugh. fender. Now I'm taking to the car to a, I got it scheduled for the uh, local, for the Jaguar concourse. And then also the local Geneva concourse yeah. here. And, uh, and now, you know, like the car is all smashed up. I took it to the Jaguar concourse and the guy didn't notice the dent. I, still, <laughs> I, I didn't even notice it either. Cause that's yeah, when you yeah. decided to get the whole car repainted instead of just spot. Painted, well, right? Yeah. Well, he had some spider cracks in the trunk. But anyway, I still managed to get a uh, first place. Yeah. That was good. Well, I told you it's a great-looking car. And then when I saw you a couple months ago, you you were on your way to a car show, and then the clutch slave cylinder hose or whatever went out. Right. I was headed up to Milwaukee, and the clutch pedal goes right to the floor. And, of course, you know, I drag it home, put it on the lift, and it's the slave cylinder I pulled it out, and the slave cylinder had so much rust, and it's amazing that it even More, broke. Yeah. I mean, and then, again, it was because, I, you know, when I got the car, I replaced all the hoses, the brake lines. I never thought about the clutch line yeah. uses that dot three form uh, fluid also, yeah. which absorbs water. Sure. And what happens was the thing just rusted out, and so... That was my latest uh, adventure with that so car. So is there anything you haven't replaced on that car yet since from its storage? Do you have to flush out the fuel tank at all at some point or new no, fuel no, pumps they, or anything? No, no, that was, that was fine. Yeah, don't don't jinx me on the fuel pump. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I got a spare one. I got a spare one in the bay, in the trunk just in case, you know. <laughs> I kind of had because, to do the same thing with my Saab 96 that I got five years ago when I brought it back from uh, Sweden because I have a, I wasn't – a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that car was off the road for no, not ten years, but for a number of years. And um, my agent, a Magna, a Magnus uh, Inarsen yeah. in uh, Sweden, when he got the car in his shop, you know, he he basically gave it a tune-up, so it had new plugs, wires, points, condenser, rotor, cap. He put on new front rotors and pads, put on new rear wheel cylinders, changed the brake fluid, and then when I got it. You know, I ended up replacing the fuel pump. Then I wanted to do the clutch, so I did the clutch complete. And on that car, you got to pull the engine to do the clutch. So I had all the hoses replaced. I had the radiator gone through. I had the fuel uh, water pump replaced. I've replaced the the carburetor. You know, so I basically <laughs> replaced everything that would have you know deteriorated. And it's been you know it's been decent since then but uh you just never know when you get a car that uh has been in storage for so long and and hasn't been driving that or been driven that you never know what might need to be replaced at some point but and yeah 
Yeah, I did that with the Jaguar too. It's like when I had to replace all the with the rubber on the hoses for the coolant. I did the, the water pump and. I ended up having to do with their alternators for some reason. Old alternators don't last very long. How about though? Didn't you do something with the wire wheels too, or? Oh yeah. Well, they were. Well, since I was doing taking it to the Concord shows, I, I just they weren't. They just were a little pitted, and I figured, you know, like I was at Meekum and they had a special. What the deal was? The uh, tires were ten years, were like twenty years old, and the cracks on the rubber on the tires were. You could like the Grand Canyon. Wow. So, yeah. So I needed new tires, and they were tube tires on those rims. The rims were pretty good, but, you know, they weren't perfect. So I was at the Meekum show, and uh, Coker Tire had a deal going. You know, they'd mount the tires, just ship them for free, and give you a big discount and all this other stuff. So I ended up just buying all new tires and rims and then uh, selling the old ones off on eBay. Okay. So, I mean, I did all right on that, and it, 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 I just needed new tires, and you might as well do the whole nine yards. Kind of like you, repla- you know, like going through and replacing a lot of stuff you don't need. But I probably could have gotten by. But then again, where do you find somebody to mount tires with a tube nowadays? Oh, exactly. I know they they'd look at you funny, like what? Your car has tubes in it? What? Oh yeah, and not only that, but you know, like, and then to even take the. To mount them, a lot of them won't do it because it's got the, the knockoff hubs. Yeah. And I was like, they go, this one's in a much machine. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It. Did you ever do anything with the top on that car either, or was or was the top? No, in good no, shape? that was that. That was all. That's all. The top was fine. That was all. Everything was there on it. That was all replaced before me. Okay. Well, it's a beautiful car. I've always, you know, I, 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 it's a, it's a beauty uh, with the with the black interior and the, you know, the red and and everything. And I think it presents extremely well, even before you had all the work done, and and now it looks even better. So that's why you're winning first places with that car because it it certainly deserves it. Uh, we had talked briefly too. Just tell us a little bit about the Crosley that that you bought at auction uh, earlier this year. What year it is, and uh, it's a pickup truck too, right? Right, it's a forty-seven Crossley. It's yellow with white fenders, um, and the car would total frame off nut and bolt restoration. It's absolutely perfect. Um, now, like I said, uh, it's just too good to keep, pretty yeah. much for me. Have you driven anyway, it at all, or? Oh yeah, I, dro- I, dro- I drove it maybe probably five miles for wow. right now. And the thing is. Um, I, you know, like you like to try to find out the history on the car. So the car came from Washington. It had a Washington title and a woman's name on it. And it was, the woman was like an executor on, on an estate. So, of course, you know, like I tried, I called her and she wouldn't talk to me. Hmm. You know, it's like, really? really? Huh. And it's like, it's just too hard for you to just converse about your car. And I was very disappointed because I'd like to know, you know, like who restored it. I couldn't find out anything. And I've been on the Internet looking all over the place trying to find out, you know, like places in Washington and Oregon. Have you looked at like the Crosley restored. Registry? Because I'm sure oh, there's I a... Belong, oh, I Yeah, obviously you're in there. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. And they don't have any... Because uh, how many of the pickups did they make? Not a lot. Uh, yeah, they make quite a few. And, did they? You know, like, if, yeah, and they have these shows and it's amazing. They can draw like... Uh, for the conventions, for the Crossley conventions, they could bring in like 300 Crossleys. Wow, wow. You know, so there's, I mean, there's a big 
following for these things. You'd never know it, but my dad had I mean, a couple of them back in the day. Um, you're kidding? No, I'm not. He had, um, and this is probably. Well, they, they they were in the late 40s, so this is probably late 40s, early 50s. I think he had two. He had a wagon, and I think he just had, like, the, the two-door, the coupe or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's probably why, you know, I never saw him, obviously, because I wasn't born yet. But um, I've se- I had seen some pictures of him, I think, somewhere along the line. And he kind of always went into it, kind of the weirdo stuff like that. So I think it's cool. Uh, does yours still have the yeah. – in 47, were they still doing the Cobra – engine the copper brazed that's gone those it things is. all they all people swapped them out because okay. they just didn't last i mean it's, it's something that you had to uh maintain but if you, your listeners want to take a look at the car you just go to barrett jackson uh 2020 uh in uh, scottsdale i'm sure that it's in it'll be online the, still uh, yeah yeah it'll be online but uh yeah the, the, it doesn't have the original engines none of them have it i have that uh, it was um it was kind of a unique engine, but... It's still it, a Crosley engine that's in there, though, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's yes. just the newer style, not the Cobra. Because right, I know they right. changed it. Because I think, I think the original engines, the Cobras, I thought they were... Weren't they die-cast or something or stamped or... It was, like, it was a stamped steel thing. Yeah, that just, that's it what like, it was. And, man, they all rusted yeah. out or whatever. <laughs> Well, it's because, I mean, how much is that? You know, you, you hear about, you know, you're, 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 you have a cracked block. Well, you, just, you have a rusted block. Rusted, yeah. And those, I mean, what was the retail price on that car in the day? Like $595 oh, God, or something? I mean, it was. I, I don't know. I, I never saw it. I don't, I don't I, it's probably like around $1,000. $1,500 or something. Yeah, not, yeah, I don't think it was, I think it was probably like 995 or something. Yeah, it's, it's just not a lot of money. It's just laughable now what we pay for even just repairs or parts, and you think you could buy a whole car at that point. But it is a gorgeous little car, and when I say little, it is little. But so you're just – it's just too good for you to, to keep in your in your collection at this point? Right. So, yeah, that's – so what I'm going to do is I want to keep it for next year, take it to some car shows, and then I'll probably next – not this spring, but the spring after, I think a good place to take it would be to Sudbys down in uh, – in Iowa, yeah, or in Iowa, Indiana, uh, Indiana, yeah. because they're that's they, I think they were made in Indiana or someplace around there. Well, Crosby was based in Cincinnati. And, Cincinnati, Ohio, yeah. was right next door. And then I thought they had I don't know if they built it because I have a book. Uh, the history of uh, not not the history of Crosley the car, but uh, Powell Crosley and um, I think it was his brother. Basically, a, a biography on the on the Crosleys, and I can't remember all the details on where the car was was made. But I thought somehow Kentucky sounds familiar too. But I, you know, I think it was it, it was it was in the Midwest. I know it was in Kentucky. It was, yeah. Ohio might have been right, and yeah. I, I don't know why I'm thinking Indiana for some reason. It's been a while since I looked up. Yeah, this. yeah, that might be true too. Though it was just right in the Midwest there. And if anyone listening. To this uh, episode of the Car Guys Report, if you know where the Crosleys were made, you can email us at carguysreport at hotmail.com would be definitely the way to uh, let us know. Because Crosleys are, are neat cars. I do have a Crosley radio at home. I have a, a seven, a Crosley, it's, I think it's called a Crosley Fiver. I think that's what it's I called. But it's a tube radio from like 1942. Yeah, I had it restored. It works great. It looks cool. And, um, you know, I just and, and I have a, a original Crosley. My girlfriend got it for me, an original Crosley Dynacone speaker, too, from like the 20s, which is wow. really cool. Yeah, it's just, it's not hooked up to anything, but it's just this big, giant, probably 
10 inches in diameter because uh, Crosley obviously started making radios first before they got into cars and they got into appliances. And actually, their name has been licensed nowadays. You can get new products that have the Crosley name. Right, they're yeah. making phonographs and, and still yeah, some radios. Yeah, yeah. They're, they have nothing, no, no relation to the original Crosley company except other than the name. But it is kind of cool that the, the name somehow survives here in the, uh, in the 20th century. We have yeah, I've been trying to oh, I've been trying to find a radio for this truck, and it's just impossible to find those old Crossley radios. Really? See, I thought those would be the, fairly fairly plentiful because they yeah, made a lot of I them. Did, but I've been looking; it's it's just not easy because it's unique to that vehicle, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward. You know, I haven't seen the car yet, and I'm looking forward to, to checking it out at some point just because, you know, I've seen the pictures of it online, but just to see one. I've seen them at, at car shows, but, you know, I've never seen the pickup, and I just think it's <laughs> it's just a, an awesome car. And I'm glad that, you know, even though you, you don't, you're not going to keep it long term, I'm glad that you pulled the trigger and, and actually, you know, have had some had some fun with it, and I'm sure that when you get it out, into the uh, public's eye a little bit more, you know, you'll definitely be uh, be attracting, uh, excuse me, some more attention with that. We've yeah. sanitized all our OPI shows for your protection, but you should still be wearing a mask. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19 by following the CDC guidelines. You'll be saving the world and be sure to wash your hands. And we're at that point in the program where we're going to take a hand-washing break, and we'll be back right after this. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You, we're going to be very mannerly. Well, we're going to show some some etiquette and, and, and some civility. What do we know about etiquette? There's some things that people do that really piss other people off, and some of these things piss me off that you do. Wow, you're coming into this one angry. I can't wait to listen to the next <laughs> Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts to search for Radio Misfits. I'm pissed off. All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer... What podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opai show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with special guest Don Kreinbrink. We're having just a full, full, uh, ranging, free-flowing discussion. We've talked about auctions. We've talked about Crosleys, Jaguars, Citroen 2 CVs. And, Don, there's a few more cars that you have owned or currently are maybe considering that I wanted to talk a little bit about. You had mentioned uh, earlier in the program the Prowler that you had purchased. That was a Barrett-Jackson auction purchase that you made. And this car was yellow, but it had a custom flame job on it, and it was pretty, pretty cool because it really almost covered the entire car, including. And then they even had it on the dashboard too, wasn't that correct? They did some flames right, there, right? Yeah, the the, the, the panel is colored is uh, the same color as the um, the car, and so they did the flames on the 
front dash, too. Yeah, to match the rest of the car. And the thing that... They're, they're not the whole dash. It's just a, like an insert. Yeah, it? the insert. But like your car was yellow. Yeah, um, your car was yellow, and then it had the flame job on it. And I remember the, the thing that struck me the most about the, the Prowler was the fact that it just had absolutely zero... Like cargo capacity, it didn't have a, <laughs> a didn't even have a glove box, did it? No, I did. Um, yeah, I think it did. It did have a glove box, but then, like when you lift up the hatch where the where the the top goes, there's like basically nothing there. Yeah, there, you couldn't nothing. You could put a, a briefcase maybe, and that's about it. Yeah, and that's about, and that's why they actually had the trailer hitch and the the, <laughs> yeah. the, the trailer you could buy when those cars came out. Um, and I know you did some of the right things to it. You got rid of those hideous uh, black Bumper. bumpers up yeah. front and because they make kits for you to delete those, which I think is one of the, the best things you can do when you had a when you buy a Prowler. Overall, yeah. I mean, I know you, you, you didn't keep that car for a long time, but did you enjoy, did you enjoy the driving experience? I mean, how was it to actually drive? The car drove extremely well. I mean, it has, it, it, it drives like a new car. Yeah. I'm, I even autocrossed it, but you know it had these. It hit the tires were rock hard, so I mean it didn't do very well. Yeah. But you know, and, and I'll tell you one thing: people always poo poo it because it's got a six cylinder. Yeah. But the car is so light; it's got an aluminum frame on uh, what the and a lightweight body, and it's it's got all the power you really need. I mean, it's not going to blow away the doors on a Viper. But it was actually made on the same line as the yeah. Viper. And, you know, it's got it, it, the weight distribution. Is, the reason why there's no room in the trunk is because the transmission's back there. It's got the torque tube that, you know, runs from the engine to back to the mm-hmm. transmission. So it, it it does drive and handle extremely well. And it was, you know, like, it was a fun car to drive. And it wasn't. It wasn't rock hard handling or anything like that. Yeah. And, yeah, those- you know, and. It was reliable. It's not like, you know, like if, like my wife, when she bought that road, that uh, Morris uh, Roadster or whatever, it, the thing is, you know, it had a Chevy engine in it, and, you know, to replace the battery when it went dead, you had to damn near take the whole car apart. <laughs> and then it's like for the brakes, we didn't even know what kind of brakes we were. We finally figured out, you know, like if we had to replace the brakes, it had the uh, Chevette front bra- front suspension wow. on it. And, you know, it's like when you when you have one of these cars that are custom-made like that, how do you start replacing stuff, you know, and how do you know what goes where? And usually the, fit, the everything's cobbled together. It's, it's not like a factory finish. No, because the, fa- the Prowler was a factory hot rod, and that's the beauty of it. It was engineered as a hot rod from day one and it had, yeah, yeah. And it had the modern creature comforts had good brakes had massive rear tires i, I think that's and, and, yeah and basses yeah and it, it had the great uh stereo in it and everything else i mean everything right off the showroom yeah cycle front fenders i mean <laughs> it was yeah and, and then it was the fenders you know turning with the tire that was pretty cool yeah so I mean I, I can see, and you got a lot of attention with that car at the at the shows because partly because of the, the the flame job on it, and you know it wasn't my favorite color combination, but I think they did a pretty good job on <laughs> on the on the flames, and you got a pretty good deal on that too, right? Because there was a an issue with like the airbag light or something when you bought that car, and it ended up being just like a loose connection or something, or the ignition switch. No, no, or... it was it, the, the car. The car had a had a uh, had an accident history. Okay. 
But there was something so, like with the ignition switch that ended up being an easy fix, I think, for you. Oh, yeah. Well, that's something that I that happened to me later on. It's just, um, oh, God, what was it? It was just something that was a loose wire. I forget what was even. I thought it was the ignition switch or... Yeah, or something it, wasn't yeah. turning on, or something. I, the, I can't oh, the remember. Radi- but. The radio wasn't working, and it was just. A, it, I was just tracing the wires back, and one of the uh, plugs on the uh, firewall wasn't plugged in all the okay. way. So I just snapped it in, and everything took off. And yeah. of course, after I already went on eBay and bought a new radio for no reason at all. <laughs> That's one thing I like about you, Don. Is that, and and I tend to do this too. Um, Although I backed off a little bit, but when I get a new car or, you know, a new used car or whatever you want to call it, um, sometimes I'll, I'll go crazy and start ordering like, you know, upgrades and special parts and stuff like that. And you always seem to do that as well. You'll order a, a, a shitload of parts for something, regardless if you're going to keep the car long term or not. And you start working. Oh, God, on I got a, I got a basement full of parts. <laughs> yeah, that I've never used. Because I remember all the stuff that you were buying for the Prowler, you know, the yeah. the, the front end, the the bumper delete or whatever you want to call it, and, and a bunch yeah, of other things. Yeah, in fact, I've, I've got, in, in, if anybody's interested for a Nissan, uh, what? Uh, 300ZX, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've got a full set of seat covers on eBay right now. <laughs> Even though I sold the car a year ago. And that was another auction buy that you bought that you didn't really drive, right? You just parked it in your uh, garage. Yeah, and, and, then, and then, of course, about a week before I was taking it to the show, I backed into my pickup. So there's a big <laughs> oh dent God. on the door, a big dent in the door on the side that goes, you know, that the auction audience sees when it goes through the <laughs> and On I, TV and, and everything. Broke, with the dent, I, even, I, I broke even on that car. See? You can't get commentary like this anywhere else but the Car Guys Report. I tell you, this is the experience of Don Kreinbrink and the many cars that he has bought and sold at auction. Um, We had mentioned, or you had mentioned, um, a couple of cars that I know that are in your radar right now. You've had Ferrari aspirations for a while, 360 Modena, I guess. Well, yeah, the Cabernet I'm looking for. Okay, and then the yeah, because that's you're kind of a convertible guy too. I was going to make mention of that because you've got a lot of convertibles, and then you're looking at a 356 Porsche uh, convertible as well. Correct? Right. Are are those the two that are that you're kind of jockeying back and forth between trying to get to find the right one at the right price? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much. I'm pretty much. I'm pretty much. My next one is my next car is going to be that 356. I'm looking for. I'm looking for a 356. I mean, I for the for actually for less money than the 356, you could get one of those uh, Ferraris. But okay, maintenance on the Porsche is going to be minimal. Yeah, maintenance on that Ferrari is outrageous. Yeah, and you know it's like you're going to be replacing a clutch at uh, twenty thousand miles for timing belts every fifteen thousand yeah, yeah, engine yeah, out service yeah. and uh, yeah, and, and God only knows. And I. I know you, anything. you had mentioned to me that you didn't even care because you, it's you know you like to drive your cars and enjoy them that you didn't even bother if you're if, a, if you find a three fifty six that didn't have numbers matching or something or even did you say you wouldn't even mind a replica or oh no well at first I was gonna at first I thought a replica would be a good deal but yeah. then um, I, I I attended a big event that had nothing but air cooled Porsches and. I saw the real things in mass, 
and there's nothing like the real thing compared yeah. to the fake ones. And you know, like, and I was talking to a lot of the guys. I go, you know, like the fake ones are going for forty thousand dollars. You know, why not? Is, it, is that bad? And the guy goes, is that going to drop the price of the real ones? And he goes, nope, it's only going to bring them up. Yeah, because when they start copying it, it's the real ones go up. He goes, well, look at the Cobras. You can't even afford one of them. Yeah. And they're knocking them out left and right. And it, as soon as they started imitations on them, they just, uh, the real ones even, mm-hmm. they just really tough. I'm glad to hear you say that because I've never been much for the replicas. Um, and it always bugs me too when I'm at a car show and some doofus has a replica, but he's representing it as the real thing. You know, who, yeah. who, who, 1956 Porsche or whatever. But no, it's a freaking replica. You know, and yeah, people don't do know the, the difference. Shelby. I hate that when they do that with the Shelby's. I mean, they get, they even get the vintage and everything on there and make them look like it's real. Yeah. It's like, yeah, come on. Yeah. That but, kind of, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not a numbers matching type of guy, too. With the 356, if it's got, you know, like, if it's got a, if it's got a, a 912 engine in it or something that it's been upgraded sure. i'm all in yeah. you know it's like uh, anything to make it better you know it's like some people will say okay you know like the b series have uh drum brakes on them and uh, you know, like some people whine and complain that they upgraded the disc it's not original i don't care i would rather have the disc brakes on the front yeah. you know and uh the same thing it's like do i really you know like if somebody put in a stronger engine a whopping uh 75 horsepower in an older car that used to have 45 yeah am i going to be whining about that no see the thing is the car that i'm buying isn't a concourse car anyway i'm driving it and you know i'll save that 20 percent on the on the value of the car and it'll have the same type of engine i'm not putting a subaru in it or anything like yeah that. you're not you're not bastardizing it that way i think too yeah. i mean obviously you know this as well as i do but if you're looking for a 356, you know, you just have to make sure that it's as solid as possible. And if it's ever right. had any rust repair, that it's been done correctly, because that rust, that's the big yeah. thing with those cars. Because I kind of looked at them two and a half years ago, uh, right around the time I was getting ready to, to buy my 911, that I considered 356s, but they were just too expensive for me. And, and even the, the, the ones that were maybe going for like 55 or even 60 looked a little sketchy at times. And I'm like... You know, I'm just not ready for that. I think they're gorgeous cars, and and you gotta understand that you know they're not they're not quick like like modern Porsches, but there's something about them that is that is very cool. So I think right. those are 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 two neat ones. So is that pretty much the only two that you're kind of even considering at this point? Then or yeah, I'm pretty much giving up on the Ferraris. Really? Well, uh, I was going to say like... if you buy a Ferrari, I've got a special gift to give you when you when and if you <laughs> buy a Ferrari. So I don't know if that's going to push you towards a Ferrari or not. But I have. Oh a... yeah, I'm going to go out right now. <laughs> I have a a gift I have earmarked for Don if he ever buys a Ferrari because you're the only one of my friend car guy friends that that has even talked about buying a Ferrari. So uh, that's that's why if if one other one buys one before you, then they'll get the gift instead of you. But um, and no story. Uh, no uh, Car Guys Report uh, session episode would be complete, Don, when we have you on the uh, on the program here. Is, is your 1957 T-Bird story with Blaze. Uh, Blaze Star was a burlesque uh, uh, star back in the uh, 50s. Uh, she was uh, born Fanny Bell Fleming in 1932. She <laughs> passed away in uh, June of June 15th, 2015, at age 83. 
Her other name was the hottest blaze in burlesque. She was a stripper, American burlesque star, a nude model, and a gemologist. And according to Wikipedia, her her big thing was she'd be on a couch and she'd have like this this uh, artificial flame that would come up between her legs, and that was kind of like her 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 signature, I guess. And that's I don't know if that's where the the nickname Blaze came from, but. Uh, and we still haven't confirmed if, if your story is 100% true or not, but it, it makes for for interesting conversation nonetheless. Um, you bought a 1957 T-Bird at auction, and then you can right. take the story was, from here. So Okay, well, it was, at, it was at a Mecham auction, and the car was going through, and I, I really always wanted, I, I always loved the 57 T-Birds, and this one was of red, beautiful red with the red interior, it had the... Um, the media, the big 312 engine in it, and uh, and the license plate said Blaze, but I didn't know anything about it. And mm-hmm. of course, it was an estate, so mm-hmm. nobody was there to tell you about the car, really. So I mean, I bought the car just thinking you know, I was just buying a T-Bird, and then I got the packet, and it had all this information about Blaze on it that. And the person who restored it did a lot of research to find out that she possibly owned it. Um, I imagine the auction company didn't uh, advertise it as Blaze because every all the evidence is just basically hearsay yeah. or coincidental or whatever. So that's why it wasn't advertised yet. But, I mean, when I got it, it, it was uh, basically there was a – I had a copy of the original uh, title, and it – it was a um, a lease title with no name on it, and it was in Louisiana. And supposedly, uh, Earl Long owned the car. The oh, because she had a relationship with him. Oh yeah, that's the whole. Yeah, so, so that's a tie-in so, right there. So the person I bought it from, he um, he was a NASA engineer, and he you know those engineers can be quite detailed so he did tons and tons of research and he had actually with the car came correspondence with blaze about the car she you know pretty much could identify the car through his description and pictures and verify that it was a story about a bullet hole in the car that he was shot in the butt and the bullet went through the floorboard Mm -hmm. and when the guy restored the car, the hole was there. Wow. Now, the the, the, the story was that the, supposedly that Earl Long, being a governor and all, even though the Longs were quite crazy, didn't want it publicized or managed to keep it out of the papers sure. and everything like that. So, basically, he had this title that didn't have a name on it, and he had a bullet hole in the car, and he had a correspondence with Blaze saying that, yeah, this was probably the card that he actually gave her. Wow. And uh, that he was shot in, supposedly. So, you know, who knows? But another thing interesting about that car was, since this guy was a NASA engineer, the, uh, the, the cars had a heating, the front car, the, the passenger compartment, just horrendous heat was thrown off that engine. Yeah. It was just right there on the firewall. So this guy was a NASA engineer. He told me, you're not supposed to know this, but I have space shuttle 
tiles, heat shield, yeah, your tiles, and the firewall. Wow. Like, oh, that's cool. That's that's almost as cool as the blade. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But you know, like I talked, this was good because he wasn't the owner. The, he was the person who restored the car yeah. and sold it to the person who died. But anyway, so I talked to him for like forty-five minutes on the phone. He was very gracious, and it was just fun talking to him about the car and all the stuff that he did to it and all the work that he went through trying to find the history on the car, of which he was very disappointed that he couldn't nail it down 100%. Yeah. Did you ever find the bullet hole in the floor? Or? No, I didn't tear up the floor, <laughs> and I didn't even, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even look for the space shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. That, I mean, but it makes sense, though, because she did have an affair with, with uh, Louisiana Governor Earl Long in the 50s, and, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's enough of provenance there. And if you're talking to a NASA engineer, too, I mean, those guys, like you said, are going to be, I, I think they're going to be pretty straightforward. I don't think they, they're, they're known yeah, for BSing yeah, stuff. You no, know, he wasn't. And, you know, it's like he, and he was all excited about the car when I talked to him, even though he didn't even own it anymore. And he was, he just loved that car, which was amazing. I mean, he, he had it for quite a long time. And then you only hung on to it for a year or two or? Is that another quick flip yeah, that at an auction? Yeah, that was another one that only lasted a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what. It, it's a beautiful-looking car, but to drive it, it's just absolutely miserable. It's got this big steering wheel. Yeah. And the car, you know, with you would think a 312 engine would be powerful. It it had a, well, it did not a power, like two-speed automatic mm-hmm. transmission. The three-speeds are pretty rare. And uh, it just was... It, to get in, if you had the top up, forget getting in. I mean, it's it's like a nightmare. I mean, it, it'd be like trying to get into a Lotus Europa or something like that. You know, it, it's going to shoot you on yourself yeah. in. It. Yeah. Wow. And it just and it it just wasn't a fun car to drive. It was just one of those things that was just too good to look at. Yeah. Sometimes you I find one and, yeah. Sometimes you yeah. find that out that you know the car looks nice, but then once you actually own it and you, and exactly what you just said, it wasn't a fun car to drive. So if it's not a fun car to drive, then it's not really much fun to own it. So that yeah, that's you see a lot of them. You know, like you see them at the people take them to the car show and they look at them and Google them and they are Google them and that's it. You know, and I like to drive the car and I like to enjoy it. And if it's not an enjoyment driving it, then no fun to keep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very well said. If you like listening to the Car Guys Report, you can catch us all over the place. You can catch us on Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, Amazon Audible. All you have to do is search OPI on those platforms. You can also uh, go to uh, radiomisfits.com and uh, see all the uh, different podcasts we have. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Android, Stitcher, Blueberry, iHeartRadio. All those places have the uh, full stable of the Radio Misfits podcast network podcast. And whenever you're listening to a Radio Misfits podcast. They're not only free, but it's listening on your own terms, whether you're listening on your iPod, your uh, phone, your car, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, your desktop, your laptop, your tablet. You can fast forward, rewind, replay, delete, uh, go back and re-listen. You can do anything you want. That's what the uh, beauty of podcasting is all about. And wherever you are, too, whether in your home office, your car, the park, walking your dog, whatever you want, wherever you are, you can catch 
the Radio Misfits podcast. Just go to radiomisfits.com. And also, too, just remember that uh, when you're listening to the Car Guys Report, make sure to uh, subscribe, too. We get uh, new episodes dropping every Tuesday, and you'll get an automatic notification of that when new episodes come out. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Since uh, Lou has uh, stepped away for an episode or two here, wanted to just, uh, talk briefly about my car story with Lou. It's Lou Costable's great YouTube channel. He's got over 1,500 car videos, 85,000 subscribers. If you have not yet checked it out, make sure that you do. And every time that Lou is on the program, we play the Car Guys Report guessing game, and we always have a lot of fun with that, too. So, Check it out. It's My Car Story with Lou. You can see it on YouTube and check out some of the fantastic cars that he has featured on his YouTube channel. would like to uh, thank our special guest uh, today, Don Kreinbrink. Don, we've had just uh, a wonderful time talking about uh, auctions and everything to do with uh, cars, funky cars, cool cars, some great stories. Definitely uh, appreciate you uh, taking time to... uh, uh, be on the program and certainly have uh, enjoyed uh, having you on. So thanks very much. All right. Thank you. And uh, coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, it'll be more great car stuff as uh, only the Car Guys Report can do. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo spelled backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. It's distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place, and that would be radiomisfits.com. This Opie podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? On this week's Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. A recipe for seduction. Bob Dylan sells his songwriting catalog. We play a clip from our interview with Len Casper. A Sarica Jessica Parker and Kangaroos Don't Mix. <laughs> and Rick's brush with Donny Osmond Heartthrob. All that in <laughs> unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Man. I'm Kimmy. I'm Tommy. And I'm Sam. And I'm on and Friends. We tell you how to kill people legally. Where gaming meets porn, friendship is found. And I tell the jury where I hid things in my special place. All that and more on And Friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to my special place. Radiomisfits.com Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, it's the intriguing story of the only V12 Corvette ever made, plus some cars you may have forgotten about. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Lou Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.